This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, I can't believe I just did that. We talk about the things we do for our kids. Plus, Biz gets technical, Teresa ups her fashion game, and we talk to Chris Cornelis about his new book, Rocking Fatherhood, The Dad-to-Be's Guide to Staying Cool. Woo! How are you, Teresa, besides glowing? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, I am glowing because I am wearing maternity jeans today. <laughs> wow. I realized we had not done a check-in in a while. Just in case, uh-huh. we have a random new listener today. Yeah. Teresa's wearing maternity jeans for a reason. Yeah. She's got a baby growing She's got a baby, me. and she has two older sons. Yes. Who are... They're I know, whatever. They're something. They're older. It doesn't matter anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Simon just turned five, and Oscar is two and a half. He'll be three in October. That's wonderful. I have a... Yeah. So I got what do you I, got? I got one that's going to be three in November, at the end of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a boy. It's my mm-hmm. son, Ellis. Mm-hmm. And I have Katie Bell, who's a second grader. She's just turned seven. Uh, so you have succumbed to... I just felt like that was important to check yeah, in. Yeah, I like that. And I want to bring it back to what's really important, and that's maternity jeans. I know. So I figured out that I've never had maternity jeans. I ever. This is my that, first pair. How a, weird is that? That's amazing. Can like, I can I, I be a little weird and be like, that's a little weird? It well, I just never like I didn't I remember trying them on a few times. Yeah. And just like not liking the ones <laughs> that I tried on. Right. Like, not liking how they looked. And I was wearing, I guess because, you know, we live in L.A., so yeah. it's a little bit, the you weather's warm. A lot of jeans. I was mostly pregnant during the summer, so I wasn't wearing a lot of jeans anyway. Yeah. Um, and I was just doing leggings and, like, big dresses and yeah. shirts and stuff, and I just never bought a pair. But this time, I I want to be wearing jeans, um, and I actually just bought some online, and they just happened to pretty much fit me. So. Wow. And now I'm wearing them. No, I'm well, going to wear them a lot, I think. They're amazing. Thank you. They look remarkable. It's very exciting. It's very uh, freeing yeah. to be able to, like, put pants on. Hey, one leg at a time <laughs> until you can't. <laughs> until you're just, like, you know, suspending them oh, out God. in front of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Just, like, getting out of the, step in the shower. Like, I think this is where the yeah. foot was. My towel is smaller. How does this, this was a big towel at one point I need in another time. towel. I need two towels. I need larger towels. We need, we need pregnancy towels. <laughs> 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 They're just like, so they have like beautiful, it's like monograms. It's like Pottery yeah. Barn pregnancy towels. That sounds great. Doesn't you know what? It? People would buy that. They would because it they had the no word sense, pregnancy and they'd sell they them for would. $80. Yeah. <laughs> These are your special pregnancy. I'm pregnant. I need a. I need a special towel. I need a special towel, and I need to pay a lot for it. Yeah, I, a lot. It's expensive because it's for pregnancy. I have to throw it away as soon as I have my baby, though, <laughs> because this would be absurd to keep. Because this towel. I need to replace it with a postpartum towel. I need a postpartum <laughs> towel, and then I need an infant towel. Yeah, and then I need a. Oh my God! What happened to me? Towel, <laughs> and then, and then that one just sort of wraps you in a gentle, loving cocoon. And tells you it's, it's going like to be an okay. Adult swaddle. And then by the time you've got kids roughly around my age, you don't give a shit what kind of towel you have. Is this no. does a towel Get have dry. a duck hood on it? What? Am I on like a 
Dr. Seuss towel? I'll just grab whatever towel's on the floor. Are those maternity jeans? I'll just dry off with those. <laughs> Lowering the bar How? is nicer than saying giving up. So true. How are you? I'm fine. You're fun or you're fine? I'm a little both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I, I would like to share with you guys the influence the show talking about parenting mm-hmm. has had on me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I ever was like, you know what I'd like to do? Just mm-hmm. talk about being a parent all the time. I know. <laughs> it's a really weird thing that we're in, guys. Yeah. It's totally weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ellis, unlike Katie Bell, again, always a surprise to me mm-hmm. when I have two children that are completely different mm-hmm. in how they approach life. Why doesn't somebody tell you that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you there's know, no no there's other, no no other parents are no. going around saying, "Wow, my two kids are so different from yeah. each other." I've never well, heard any it's parents creepy say in that. my house because mine look exactly alike. That is so it's weird. a little weird. Yeah, so just by default, I assume they should Actually, be the same. That's interesting because when uh, when Oscar was born, yeah. I remember our pediatrician saying, "If they look different, they're probably gonna have different personalities." Those huh, were his that's words. A weird thing, which to I say. remember thinking was so weird. That's, like, yeah, okay. So are you saying that if my kids really look a lot alike they're probably gonna be like I didn't yeah. I didn't like couldn't follow the it. logic yeah but he was like well if they looked if he looks different than the first one he's probably gonna have a different personality they're probably gonna need two different towels <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway uh, I can remember when we've had so many conversations about like talking about body parts yeah. on the show, yeah. you know, before That's I had one Ellis, of our favorite things. So to one do. of our favorite things to talk we love about talking about body parts, right? Uh, again, it's not. I didn't grow up in a house where we like. I, I mean, they were there. I don't think I ever the body parts, the were, body parts there. were there, but I don't remember having a lot of questions and like having adults say vagina or penis to me at any point no, in time. No. Not, not, not a lot. No. Not in your house. Not in my house, by God. Right. They are. Just things that magically happen under your clothes. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, You'll find out about it in school, I'm sure, (laughs) on the playground, in the back of the bus. Anyway, so uh, Katie Bell, you know, had like one or two questions, and that was it. She was Mm. good. She was satisfied. She Mm. didn't like walk around constantly wanting to identify to the point where I've been like, what's the big deal about, you know, kids don't. Walk that's like a that's like a stereotype that kids are walking oh. around being like, I've got a penis, he has a vagina, she has a vagina. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's not Ellis uh for like a year. For like a year. Uh-huh. I keep thinking we're done. Yeah. But we're not. Yeah. I have a penis. Yeah. You have mama has a vagina. That's right. Do yeah. you have a vagina? I do. do. does Papa have a vagina? No. Papa has a penis. I have a penis. Yes. Y- yes, Ellis. You, you, you have a penis. Yeah. Katie Bell. Has, and we have to talk about yeah. it, and then he has to talk about every kid in his class, and I'm yeah. sure he's going to school and identifying penises and vagina. I mean, like, like we've been doing this, the, like, the words penis and vagina come out of my mouth a hundred times a day easily. Uh-huh. It's just nothing to me anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where we are to have this discussion. But yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we're getting ready for the bath, and he says, and he's on the, on the toilet, and he's peeing, and he says, uh, where does pee-pee come from? And I am quick to say, oh, out of your penis, right? Yeah. I, just, I just say it. Because yeah. said bay, it's good enough right yeah. now, right? But then he says, where does your pee-pee come from? Yeah. And I kind of held back being like, it's not really my vagina. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure for a while I thought as oh, a kid I did. that it yeah. came out of my yeah. vagina. Let's and this clear is, that one up, right? Let's clear it up right yeah. now. No. This is yeah. one of those moments where I can hear like yeah. Teresa's voice being like, <laughs> why wouldn't you just say urethra, right? And like, <laughs> I, I, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. Yeah. Knowing what the consequences are going to be. Yeah. I, so I say, 
Uh, it comes out of my urethra. Yeah. He's like, your, your what? And I said, yeah. my urethra. It's like a special, you know, tube, a special part of my body that the peak, that the, you know, my yeah. urine comes out of. Yeah. Uh, where is that? And then I'm like, well, technically, I guess that's in my vagina. That's close enough to yeah. be like, nah, I'm not going to go near my vagina. Yeah. Right? And he says, does Ellis have a urethra? And of course, I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yes. I'm going to say, the, I was like, aha. Uh-huh. And then I had to yeah. like go check with Stefan. Do you have urethras? Is that like a, he's like, yes, Elizabeth. <laughs> Just in your penis? Yes. Yes, Elizabeth. So anyway, so now... Go ask your father. Go ask your father. He knows about those things. Anyway, so now we are constantly talking about urethras. Where are your urethras? Who has urethras? Uh What is the... Where is the urethra? Uh How does the pee get into your urethra? Where Uh is it? I just... It's absurd. My house is like absurd right now. That's it. I just wanted to say, guys... If you run into my almost three-year-old, he's full of some facts that are vaguely in the hemisphere of being correct. You know how, like, they say that, like, cats know which person doesn't like them in the right. room and they go to that person? Yeah. Do you think Ellis, like, knows yes. what you're least comfortable about yes. and, like, immediately chooses that as a topic? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. All It was like Katie Bell and balloons. I fucking hate balloons, guys. Uh-huh. I hate them. And she would just, like, come at me with balloons and, like, laugh and yeah. look right at me yeah. and, like, sit on them. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, oh, my God, yeah. why would you? I love yeah. you so much. Why are you making me sit here and be part of balloons? Which I think it's actually really segues nicely yeah, it is. Uh, into today's topic, which is what are the things that we find ourselves doing that we really didn't imagine we would be doing for our children? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. The things we do for our kids. We did it for the kids. We did it for the kids. It was for the kids. For the kids. All the wine for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> All the binge watching my favorite yeah. 80s movies for the kids. Yep. Um, no, I, I, I want to talk. We want to talk a little bit about this today. And, I, you know, I'm mean, off the bat. We just need to say, you know, obviously there are some. It, it's awesome when the things that you want to do mm-hmm. uh, or the lifestyle choices you want to make coincide perfectly with the ones that your child wants to make, mm-hmm. right? Like you you like building Legos all day and mm-hmm. your child does? Awesome. Yeah. Do, do you, you want to go get frozen yogurt with me after school? Yeah, I'd love Great. to. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, digging in the dirt all day. I think about Stefan. I'm like, painting? Yeah. Do you want to go paint with the kids? Yeah. No. No, his answer is no. But yeah. for other people, that would be great. Yeah. So like there's this moment where I think – you're going along and lots of the things that you are doing with your kids are fall into that category of great. Yeah. This is great. What's yeah. the problem? Yeah. And then they get opinions uh-huh. and they become like real sentient beings. Uh-huh. <laughs> they get older. And then you find yourself doing things that maybe you didn't think you were going to do. And I think this is like sweeping. I mean, there's, of course, the stuff like I'm never listening to kids music in the car. Mm-hmm. I'm never buying an electronic toy that makes noise for my child. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to, uh, my kid's going to wear all gender neutral clothing their whole life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a good one for me to start with. 
Stefan and I totally dressed Katie Bell pretty much straight up gender neutral, not by any massive design choice. Mm -hmm. It's just his parents bought her a lot of Swedish clothes and they were all unisex. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, look at us cruising around being cool. And then she turned three and was like, I would like to only wear things that twirl. Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And you had that moment of like, am I going to, we're going to go this way? We're going to do this? So I, I, I think we find ourselves in these situations all the time. And I, you know, I think it's funny because right there at the end of the opening of the show, I was talking about balloons and I realized that actually was something that I had kind of blocked out. I have become so used to being around balloons with my kids, but I have a serious fear and hatred of the sound of popping balloons. I don't mm. like fucking balloons, but they were her favorite things as a kid. And so for like her three-year-old birthday party, we like themed it around balloons. And like Stefan and I are sitting there like blowing up helium balloons at home. And I'm just like, oh my God. Oh, oh my God. It was so such a good mom. Awful. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Have you, what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I mean, there, I think there's a, a, there's a couple different categories of this because like what you're talking about mostly is like stuff that your kids like that you don't like. Right. But then you have to decide if you're going to like pursue that with yes, them. Yes, that is a category of, of this. Yes. There's another category which I think starts even earlier, which is just stuff that you do for your kids that you wouldn't do otherwise. Right. Like, you know, even when your kid is, say your kid is in daycare or preschool when they're two. Right. And somebody in their preschool class has a birthday party. Right. You're going to take your kid to that birthday party. Right. They don't know that there's a birthday party that right. day. And they didn't ask you to take them. Right. But you're going to take them because you got an invitation. It'd be nice for your kid to go to that other kid's birthday party. Be nice to see those other parents and do that little thing that your kid will have fun eating the cake and playing with those kids. You know, there's those those kind of things that you're doing because you're just like, this is good for my kid. Right. Like, and I don't, I think that even, you know, it's. We hear a lot, I think, especially on the message board or on the Facebook group about parents who are like introverted parents who have extroverted yeah, kids and that's how hard right. that is. And I think that, you know, even if you like I don't consider myself exactly an introvert, but like if I'm going to go socialize on the weekends, I'm not necessarily going to pick like a party right. for a little kid with a bunch of adults that I just don't know. I mean, right. that's just not it's not that I I'm like, oh, I can't do that. It'll be fine. And like sometimes you do, that's how you make a friend with like somebody right. at the preschool or whatever. And like sometimes there are great people there. And so you go and you do it. But it's not like you're doing that for you. Right. You're you doing might that not have, for your kid. You might not have chosen going out to be social that weekend. Right. Yeah. Or if you were going to be social, maybe be do that. it with your, yeah. Right. Like wouldn't your be at an indoor playground. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Right. So there's that kind of stuff, too. But, like, for as far as, like, stuff that you your kids like and you don't like, I've talked on the show before about my son Simon, who's five, who has been really in. He's like a maker. He just likes yeah. to make things and build things and create things. That is right. his thing. And I think it's so cool. And it's just not me at right. all. But, like, I want to encourage him. And, um and, like, I also have to just constantly set limits on it, not just because there's so many things that I don't want to do, but just because <laughs> so many things that he wants to do are just so outlandish right. and would take so much time and so many materials that we don't have and space. And, you know, there's things that he wants to do that he doesn't understand why we can't make things that are, like, electronic. Right. Like, you know, there's things that 
you know, he just doesn't understand yet. But I had this experience over the weekend where um, we were reading this book, uh, one of those like Skippy John Jones books. Yeah. And there's this there's this um, bumblebee pinata. And Simon said, I really want to make a bumblebee pinata. And I don't know. He caught me at a good moment. (laughs) Or you know what it was? It's like the buildups of the nose. Yeah. There's so many things. I have to say no to so many things. I shouldn't say I have to say no. I say no to a lot of things. Like (laughs) all day long. And at a certain point, I want to say yes to something. Right. And this was something where I was like, Okay, like he he must have just got me at a good moment. And I said, yeah, we'll do it. And somehow there's a YouTube video that somebody has where she shows you how to make the entire thing from that book start to finish. Oh, wow. And it just worked out that way. And so we watched it together. We figured out all the supplies that we need. We went to Michael's. I texted Biz about this. I was mm-hmm. like, I went to Michael's yeah, for is- Simon. I went to Michael's, you guys. I went to Michael's. Yeah, that just, just for those of us who live in Michael's, uh, <laughs> this apparently is not how other people feel about Michael's. Like Michael's for many of us is like, I need to kill some time. Let's go to Michael's. Yeah, Let no. me just browse Michael's. Michael's is like one of my happy places. Okay. So but I can but here's the thing. Yeah. Is I totally appreciate how for you and probably Way more than those of us who like being in Michael's. Uh, people out there are like, this is not where I, this is not no. my comfort zone. This no. is like going to a gun show. No. <laughs> I did not know what to do. And I like, I had Oscar too. And, you know, it was fine. We did it. Yeah. And they didn't have actually everything that we needed. So, like, I had to order some stuff on Amazon. It's going to be a couple days before we can get it all started. And so there's been a lot of talk <laughs> about this. And, you know, I committed to this. Right. And I am going to do it. And yes. don't worry, you guys. When it's done, I will post a picture. Thank God. It. It's probably going to take us like two weeks. We saw like another family at a play date and Simon told the other mom it's going to be a six day process. Nice. Good job. <laughs> I have no idea. I hope I can do it in six days. There's like a mo- there's like drying and painting. And oh, yeah. That need to happen. So this is something I committed to for my child. And there okay. are no ifs, ands or buts about it. I would not be doing this right. or anything like it if it were not for how much I love my child wanting to do something special for him, with him, and just giving him the opportunity to develop this part of himself that I know he wants Can I ask so you bad. a question? Yes. Do you think, I'm asking this legitimately, I'm okay. not sure the best way to word it. Okay. Uh, does, what sort of toll does this take on you? Like, yeah. do you, the process of us giving or doing something yeah. that we really don't like with our kids, I mean, and, yeah. Good job committing to something like this. This is a major project you're uh-huh. taking on. Yeah. This isn't like I have to sit here for 30 minutes and build fucking Legos and I don't want to do right. Legos, right? Like, or right. sit through Star Wars. I don't want right. to watch Star Wars or, or like fucking listen to the same song 20 yeah. times in the car, which all chip away at us a little bit. Yeah. But like <laughs> this, I, I do wonder, do you think this is something, are you gaining something as Teresa or, or are you losing something mm-hmm. as Teresa? Or is it both? You know, yeah. we live in a world of duality here. Yeah. I don't know. what Because I mean, I'm That's, listening to you no, and I'm like, I, this is really... I mean, I think it's a really good question. And I think that, like, um, I think it's really complicated because I, I think that, like, when it comes down to it, it will actually be great. Like, this okay. is the thing. It's not that I hate it so much. It's that it's not my comfort zone. Right. And it's not my passion. But I love Simon, and I like doing stuff with him, and that is going to feel good to me. Like, yeah. that is going to, like, feed me in some way. Um, and 
it's fine. I have to figure out how to do this thing that I don't normally do. And like, I think that there's actually probably a lot of things like that uh, when we like are doing stuff, quote unquote, for quote unquote, for the kids. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are not bad for us. Like as long as this as long as this doesn't like take away from like our own self-care, our own like doing stuff for ourselves that we want to do. Right. Like, we need to have that, too. But like. Go, like Just like going to that, you know, two-year-old birthday party with a bunch of people that you don't know or right. whatever, like, who cares? That's that's good. That's good. You yeah. can go and you can do a thing. You can talk to some parents. You can, like, kind of just put yourself out there. Like, a lot of times the stuff that is hard and uncomfortable for us ends up being, like, really great. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. other, other than that, you're not pushing yourself at all. In life, right. You know? Well, I wonder if there, if it ever shifts to the other side, because like to the darker side of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, most of the stuff falls into like, uh, I can, I can accept that that's not for me, but that's mm-hmm. something my kid enjoys, and I, I'm not losing anything from doing it, right? Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking. I was like, huh. I, I started thinking about is that going to change, right? Mm-hmm. Like as Katie Bell gets older. And and the things that she wants to do require major time commitments. I mean, we like, we didn't do dance with her. We didn't do like an you know she does karate like once or twice a weekend, right? Like yeah. it's very minimal commitment in what we schedule our kids to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's been asking towards the end of last year. She she kept saying, "I really want to do Girl Scouts mm. with my friends." Because a bunch of her friends started a troop. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do Girl Scouts. And I just couldn't get the words no out of my mouth fast enough. Mm. And I started thinking about that for the show. And it, I mean, here's the, and this is why. One, it's a nighttime commitment. And I, you like know. a weekday nighttime? Uh, yeah, we, a weekday nighttime commitment. Uh-huh. Um, and I still have Ellis. Like, so am I, am I making a choice between what's best for Ellis who doesn't go to bed, mm-hmm. right? And Stefan can't get her. At, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, for her to do something that I'm really not sure she's going to really get into. And it's a huge financial commitment. There's mm. all the cookie stuff. There's a lot of patches and time. And yeah. like, and I know it's going to, and there's like a huge book you have to read. And at this age, it's <laughs> me reading it. It's not right. her reading it. Yeah. And I feel like it falls into one of those categories where she really wants to do it, but it's going to fall mainly on me. Yeah. And we're not at a growth stage yet where she fully gets that. Right. And it's a disadvantage totally. for her for me to be like, figure it out. Right. right. Yeah. Right? Totally. And so... Yeah, like if you're going to have her do it, you want to set her up for success. Success. Yeah. And not... And I, I don't want to take... Be like, on, fine, if you're going to do it, it's all up to you. That's well, not right. going to work. That's yeah. not going to work with something yeah. like Girl Scouts. Yeah. And I don't want to be president of Girl Scouts. No. Right? So yeah. that's one that I know yeah. I'm specifically making a choice to not sort of the things we do for our kids. Yeah, well, I think, like, I think that that, like, good job. I mean, that that's totally right. And I also think that, like, there's certain things about this that are, like, as far as, like, stuff that our kids like that we don't. Right. At a certain point, like, it's fine for us to not pursue stuff on their behalf. Like, right. so much of it when they're this age, when they're, like, younger, it's, like, you can't just go like, well, fine, that's up to you. You know, you can go pick out whatever, but you know, like you can't, we can't just like let them go. It's like us helping them guide them or not, which is weird. And I feel like as they get older, we're going to be able to let them, is this one, guys, those of you who have older kids, (laughs) 
is this one of those like weird myths? But like I'm thinking as they get older, they can pursue more things that they're interested in without it taking any sort of toll on us. Do right, you know what I mean? Right. Like we could disagree. We could be like, oh, you're into that. Like secretly, like, oh, <laughs> that's not my favorite kind of music well, right. or whatever. But like it's fine. But I think it about like, like my friends, like I think about my friend whose son does hockey and soccer. Mm-hmm. And the hockey's local. I mean, the soccer's local, but the ho- he's on a travel hockey team this year. Wow. And, and he, I'm like, that's a major on paper, it doesn't sound like a big deal to do two sports, but I think about like the time of travel, oh, yeah. the time of you know games, the practices. That is a huge, huge. time. Like what we do for our kids, yeah. and I and I, there's so many people who do that, and I start to fear. I'm like, mm. I'm like, come on, don't be into sports, <laughs> know. you know, or like, which is horrible, which makes me feel like bad about because I you know I I wrestle all the time with am I recognizing my children's strengths am I putting them in an environment that will support them and there's no knowing right that answer we can never but it doesn't mean I don't think about it sure luckily my children aren't showing any signs of specialness per se (laughs) besides you know there's no like prodigy yet in the house any day guys any day so yeah I don't I feel like this isn't even tapping into the larger things that we do. Like, you know, like there's a lot of things that we shift so that we are doing more things for our kids. And I don't mm. think we ever, at least in our house, we've put ourselves in a situation where our quality of life, you know, in terms of our emotional state mm-hmm. has been too dramatically affected, you know, like where mm-hmm. our kids monopolize our lives, mm-hmm. which I think is a dangerous place for, for this to kind of go. Yeah. Um, but, and I think it's very easy to get there though. I think that's yeah. like, a, I guess it's just like one step and suddenly you wake up and your whole life is revolving around what your kids want to do. Uh-huh. And that is easy to fall into. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we're, we're there, but you see that slippery line yeah, and you wonder, so. like, where where are you supposed to draw those lines? And I mean, and again, all the stuff at the beginning, we talked about the music, the little that now seems like little stuff. Yeah. As the kids get older, uh, you know. Those I think we all have this moment of kind of coming to grips with where it's like, oh, it's not for us. It's our kids. We're going to have to just learn to live simultaneously with music yeah. we don't like or yeah. food we don't want to eat or, yeah. you know, balloons yeah. um, or going to Michael's or making a pinata or a project. Um, I don't know. So I, I don't know if, like, the takeaway is just while it may feel like we're doing stuff for our kids, what mm-hmm. we're actually doing is sort of slowly coming to accept that we are raising these individuals, these human beings, mm-hmm. and all these things are hopefully setting them up for, you know, uh, success and just how they deal with the world? I think so. And I think it also kind of reminds me of when we were talking about summer and like talking about, you know, the fun stuff that we wanted yeah. to do for them that is also fun for us. Like, I think a lot of this stuff is the stuff that we that we choose to do for our kids that we wouldn't do if we didn't have these kids. Right. Um, a lot of that stuff you know, we do it. It's just like the 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 pinata. It's gonna make me feel good. It's right. already making me feel good. Like there's things that we do for them that are good for everybody. And then and then like when you're talking about like maybe the Girl Scouts for, in your situation, right. I'm sure Go- Girl Scouts works great in somebody oh, else's situation. For every one of Katie Bell's friends, yeah. they work great. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm just, but like for, in your situation, right. like it just you realized this is not. 
this is not going to be good for everyone. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And like, right. I think that that is like a really important line like that where we say like okay is this like serving everyone you know well, like, right and I think it's important but I like I'm glad that you brought up the summer episode we did last week because I think one of the things that I really valued talking about in that was how much the the media and the world and the internet and like every article out there right now either telling you you're not doing enough or yelling at you for doing too much yeah. can really make you feel just that yeah that you aren't doing enough or that yeah. you're doing too much yeah. and if we get wrapped up in looking at like how we think other people yep. are assessing our choices, yep. uh, that's going to drive us crazy. Yeah. And then we're not going to get joy out of or find the joy yeah. in doing the things that we wouldn't find ourselves normally doing. Right. You know, I think there's this easy, you know, sort of pre-kid mindset that I had when I would see friends doing stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like intense or like, you know, sporting things or whatever. And I'd be like, or even when I had a newborn and friends mm-hmm. were like had older kids, I'd be like, that is a lot of time they are committing to that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that who they are now? Yeah. Kind of thing. And now I look at that and I'm like... No, it's not who they are. It's just no. what they're doing right yeah, now. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And and there's a clearly a trade-off somewhere else in their house where they're trying to find that balance. And I think that's a real takeaway is as we add these things in, as we find ourselves pushing our 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 boundaries mm-hmm. uh to provide fun for our kids, uh, we do try to remember that there need to be balances for that. Yeah. For ourselves. So all the kids get in the car. We're going to a Barry Manilow concert for mama. <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Eloquy, an online destination for contemporary fast fashion for women in sizes 14 to 28. So I shared our samples with a friend of mine. She, I asked her what her feedback was about the samples. She loved them. She basically said, like, she really appreciated that looking at the website, there were tons of really cute styles to choose from. The outfits that she picked out looked really nice on her. She felt like they were super flattering and comfortable and that all of the fabrics were high quality and the designs were really well made. What's also awesome is they offer free shipping to the U.S. and Canada on orders over $100 and we have a special offer for One Bad Mother listeners. For 50% off your first item, you can visit eloquy.com badmother and use promo code badmother during checkout. That's E L. O-Q-U-I-I dot com slash badmother and promo code badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week as well as our failures and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206 206- Three five zero nine four eight five. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius.
Jesse was away over the weekend. <laughs> Fail, Jesse. I know. Um, we have a lot of Jesse travel coming up, but it's good because we got to get it out of the way before we yes. have this baby. Um, but yeah, it just I the reason this is a genius. There's nothing special about it except I just did so much stuff this weekend. Mm. I did so much stuff. And I I did it. And I did just like a really good job. Yes. Like I just did it. I did all of it. The kids were happy. We did it. Good that's job. It. Yeah. Th- that's all it needs to be. Yeah. Thanks. That's that's like almost the most unrecognizable or un, un, right? unglorified yeah. is when you just like get through it. Yeah. You did it all while making a person. Right? Like I know. In your in your pregnancy, James. Good job. Thank you so much. Fucking nailing it. This is barely like, this is not a kid-related genius at Oh, okay. All. This is more of a... That's fun. This is more of a, I did this thing, uh-huh. and then I told Stefan, and Stefan and I both simultaneously had our minds so blown that we had been doing this weird this whole time. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. So, Stefan took the kids uh, to go to some brick fest, Lego festival thing that was happening in Pasadena, and I chose to work on our bedroom closet. Okay, wow. I know, good which is, I know, no, technically that should you. be a fail. I should have just been watching television. But uh, instead, I started pulling everything out. I'm cleaning yeah. the haunting yards, and we've got this long shoe rack, and our shoes are never on it because mm-hmm. they always fall off. Right. Right, because there's a slight angle, yep. and they always fall off. So I'm pulling it out, and I'm vacuuming back there, and I stick it back in, and I go to put the first shoe on, and I realize it's pointing in the wrong direction, but I also realized the slants, so because yeah. the slants facing the wall, yeah, they can't fall off. It works better because they're slanting against yeah, they're the slanting wall. Towards the wall, yeah, they're not falling off. Yeah, I felt like guys, it's yeah. so not it's important. Over. Yeah, everything's and Stephen different comes now. Home yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh, the closet looks so great. I'm like, thanks. Look at the shoe rack. He's like, it's backwards. And I said, I know. And our shoes aren't falling off. Yeah. And he was just like, <gasps> I mean, like, I, yeah. literally, guys, his face. Yeah. It was. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And he was like, that's your genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It, it, we do a lot of things. Right. I feel like I should start yeah. like a life hack on that. Yeah, definitely. Shoe rack life hack, guys. Yeah. Great job. I'm calling with a genius. This isn't even my genius. This is somebody else's genius. But I thought it was so genius. <laughs> I had to share it with all of you. I have two small children. And as... It often goes with two small children. Their table manners leave something to be desired, and they tend to rile each other up when we're all eating dinner as a family. My friend had the genius solution of lighting a candle every night at dinner, and the child who has the best table manners and is still at the table at the end of dinner gets to blow out the candle. Now, I don't know about you, but my kids love blowing out candles, And this is such a simple way to get them to sit their butts at the table and eat their damn food without saying any potty words, theoretically. Anyway, I wanted to share it. Have a great day. I love the show. Thanks. Bye. I love it. I really do, too. And here's the thing. I'm like, I'm not sure that would work for us at our table, Mm -hmm. but that would work in lots of other situations. Yeah. I really liked this. I like I like that it's like it's not there's no like sugar involved. Yeah. It's like a nice little thing. But then you yeah. also get can- a candle you lit at your dinner. To blow out. Yeah, it's That's nice. nice. I like that. Yeah, it's great. Also the potty words at our table are urethra. <laughs> <laughs> Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. 
I mean, okay, so Oscar will be three in two months. And, mm-hmm. like, I've been trying to get him to start using the potty. And he's just, like, not. He's not doing it. I'm too little. I'm too little. I'm too little. I'm like, really? Because you're not. And so I've been, like, working at it gradually, trying not to put pressure, but giving him lots of chances, blah, blah, blah. And um, and a couple nights ago, Jesse's out of town. Oscar poops in the tub. He mm. poops in the bath, mm-hmm. which we all know poop in the tub can happen at any time. At any time. But really, I had deluded myself into thinking we were past, past the it. possible yeah. chance of that happening. Oh, he yeah. hasn't done that since he was like a newborn. I mean, really. Uh, mine all poop in the, okay. in the one to two year old. <laughs> okay, no, he just yeah. never did. I don't yeah. know why. It was just not his time of day, well, really, sure, or yeah. whatever. And so that <laughs> happened, and I had to clean it up while Jesse was away, yeah. and no help. And I was just like, really? Because I was thinking of, like, potty training now. Like, yeah. I, this is, now you're demonstrating to me not only th- this disgusting thing can happen, but also that we're just, like, so much farther away from that right. than I would like us to You'd be. like you to be. You know? Yeah. Well, it's your fault. I know. It's totally my it's fault. It's totally your fault for bathing your child. <laughs> Why are you bathing your child, Teresa? Uh, how else are they going to learn unless they sit in their filth? Says <laughs> 1940s parenting. Uh, okay. Oh, so uh, I had this really good haircut. You guys may have seen it on the board. I had a little shaved head. So Fucking cute. loved the hair. So it was like cute. the best haircut I've had in a really long time. Yeah. Great color. Hold on yards. It's been growing out, uh-huh. and I had some time this weekend to just go and have it touched up. Yeah. I was just going to go in. He didn't have time to do color, but he was just going to touch up the sides. Yeah. And one of my bangs had been doing, like, a weird thing uh-huh. where it was starting to, like, you know, just get too heavy and was, like, cow licking the other way. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. It wasn't doing that before. Anyway, I'm going to go in, and this guy who did such a great job of my hair, he's going to fix it. Yeah. And it's going to be great. Yeah. And I got in, and I just... Wasn't clearly clear. Oh no! Like I always oh, no. do. No. And like I, I it ju- was just a cleanup. You don't have to be clear with a cleanup. Exactly. What the fuck? And my bang. Not only did my bangs get really cut, so now that calic is just like there's nothing to help that calic. Oh, so that the calic. It is wasn't even, even more? like a blended bang uh-huh. trim up. Now there's just like literally, it's like I requested bangs, and then there's just like hair that pulls heavy over on the side, and because. <sighs> If I go outside with bangs this short, no matter how straight they were to start off with, they just become this like weird like puff of like going in different directions. No, it, it is. It is very. Just so you guys know, I can't see it. Yeah, I'm wearing a hat because, wearing because a I'm hat. wearing a hat. Yeah. I now have to get through two weeks, two to three weeks of getting these bangs grown out a little bit more. <sighs> and I'm so. I should have said, don't just don't touch my bangs. I should have just. But gone you in. thought there was something up with your I bangs thought that needed. We could help. blend it in. Yeah. But now I just made yeah. the mistake of trying to have something nice twice, guys. <laughs> the second haircut is always the hardest. The second haircut. It's always like is impossible. legitimately yeah. impossible yeah. to get done. Yeah. Second verse, same as the first, a little <laughs> bit louder and a hell of a lot worse. That's what they should call that haircut. Hey, um, I'm calling with a fail. Um, I am four months out of having my baby and she's beautiful and wonderful and and um all of that <laughs> and I've been trying to find um business clothes that fit because I have to go back to work soon and I spent some money I didn't have on some nice pants um and I was saving them in a target bag 
And separately, I had been going through all the clothes that didn't fit to donate. And this morning, I went and I dropped, I picked up the starter bag and went to the thrift store and dropped it off without looking at it. And I just got home and realized I just donated, like, my brand new nice pants that I spent money and time I didn't have to go get. And I just, it seems like this is a small thing, but um, I just, it just kind of shattered me because it was just this moment of like, now I have to go do it all over again, get more clothes, money I don't have, so I can go back to work and leave my baby with people I don't know. I just, it's such a small thing, but it represents more. And I'm sitting here staring at this box of clothes that I'm never going to fit in again. And I have to go donate them again. And, I don't know. It just feels, I just feel like an idiot, you know, but I know everything will be okay. And I'm sitting here looking at my beautiful girl and I'm crying and she thinks I'm laughing. So she's laughing at me, <laughs> but it kind of puts things in perspective. Anyway, thank you. It's not a small thing. It's not a small First thing. Of all, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing. It's and I mean, so it's unfair. a, I mean, yeah, it is a fail. Yeah. It is a, it, but it's not like a fun one. It no. is like the worst one. Yeah. There's something about that like first six months to year out of having the baby. And when stuff like that doesn't work right, yeah. when you, it's so much effort. It's so much effort. And you can tell that like you're dealing with the pressure of like getting ready to like, go back to work and leaving your baby, which are two separate things even though they go together they're both stressful yeah. in a different way and it all happens at once and um oh man yeah i'm just it you here's you're doing a really good job yeah, you, are. you really are you really are and we're very sorry for this and, yeah and you you need more pants so yeah. don't don't think about the money because you need pants you this need is pants. not this is not you being frivolous with no. your money you just actually need pants. Yeah. That's part of having a job. So, you know, don't think don't think about it. You yeah. just have to have pants. The only, you know, slight thing to take away from this is your first lesson that your children will always laugh at you yeah. when you're having a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Blue Apron. We've been receiving Blue Apron meals pretty much all summer. They're so delicious. They've totally changed my whole, like, approach to cooking, which was not to cook before. <laughs> now I totally cook. The food is delicious. Everything is totally pre-portioned, so it's super easy to toss it all together and make a beautiful meal for your family. And here's what's amazing, is it's less than $10 per meal. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badmother. That's blueapron.com slash badmother. Teresa, yes. let's call a parent. Great. This week, we are talking to Chris Cornelis, who has spent many years as a music journalist and is a regular contributor to the Wall Street Journal and has written for Maxim, The Village Voice, and many other publications, and has most recently written the book, Rocking Fatherhood, The Dad-to-Be's Guide to Staying Cool, 
welcome Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very glad to be here. Well, we are very glad to have you, and I really want to get into the book because it is it is really an excellent book. Awesome. Uh, lots Thank of times you. we get parenting books, and you're like, oh, it's all right. <laughs> we don't have those people on the show, by the way, guys. Um, uh, but let's get started with what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your home? Well, uh, let's see here. So, so my wife and I live in the the home, and... Um, <laughs> now it sounds we, like a home. Now it like sounds a, like an old home, person house. Yeah, <laughs> or like a home, like a group home. Like a group home. For we live in a home for um, <laughs> people in their mid-30s who, who can't afford to live in Seattle. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, you know, it comes with a, a number of appealing um, uh, things. For example, like my neighbors are are actually like have built a wall on my property, and so I'm like trying to figure out like what my next move is. Here. <laughs> but that's hold on, hold on, hold on. Those aren't people. They don't live in my home yet. Although I think they're kind of like moving this direction, slowly uh, encroaching. Yeah. Look, those are some legal terms that I can't get into. Right now. Okay. Okay. So hold on. So I'm I, right now. I'm downstairs in my basement um, office situation and uh upstairs we've got my wife betsy is upstairs and we also have we have a five-year-old thomas and um he's hanging out right now uh kind of getting some stuff going on and he is starting kindergarten in a couple weeks which we can get to if you like but it's been it's been it's been it's been kind of hitting me the last few days Mm. this is happening um, and then we have uh, Lucy, our 18-month infant baby woman, uh, upstairs. <laughs> and, uh, she is really something else. I didn't grow up. I didn't. I don't have. I have two brothers, older and younger. So it's like I didn't like you know meet a girl until I was like 25 <laughs> years old. Like, you know, you know. It's like it's just so. She's. It's like everything there is like so new to me, and I'm like so excited about about it. I'm of course over the moon about my son, but like. I like, you know, having a little girl is just, like, so cool and, like, foreign to me. But anyway. Well, just do what we're doing with ours. Teach her how to do karate and play the drums, and that should balance out any Dude, weirdness that she might go through later. <laughs> I'm so glad you said I have my drum set set up right now, and I'm going to just, like, sit her down there. And then uh, I love it. Okay. It's a really, really valid approach. I feel like I really it's very like this, effective. I, I am just literally just like, well, if we can just put her in these, like, super weird kind of cool elements that yeah. don't always sync up with, like, what kids go through, yeah. maybe that yeah. will, like, keep her kind of, like, balanced through all the weird garbage mm-hmm. she's about to go through. My daughter's seven, uh, yeah. and so we've cleared any, like, sentimentality about her going to school. We're like, hey, she's in school. Um, my my five-year-old just started kindergarten uh, last week, yeah. uh, week before last. So I'm, I'm totally with you, man. How did it go? Was that your first in kindergarten? Yeah, my, have... yeah he's my oldest. He's my first in kindergarten. How did it go? Did you just, like, did you guys, did you and Jesse, like, melt down? Or, or, or we didn't, we didn't melt, we didn't melt down, but I was so tense. I was yeah. like physically like I think I was like sore the next day just from uh-huh. being tense and like freaked out. But he did really well. And so it's been go- it's been going really well. The worst part for me was the anticipation once we were actually and actually I think for Simon, too, because he had a really hard time with the transition of leaving his pre-K program and his preschool and then not knowing where like not understanding what it was going to be like and so all the lead up to that was really hard and then once like the just the first few days once we kind of got the first few days under our belts like it's just a big sigh of relief (laughs) yeah i'm sure i'm sure i mean i wept when we dropped him off at daycare when he was like oh yeah two years old sure so i mean 
and then it became great, of course. So. Yes. Well, absolutely. yeah, but everybody's entitled to open weeping. Oh, yeah. At yeah. all it's school transitions. All it's Yeah. Like, yeah. that's actually, it's weird if somebody's, like, wiping their hands yeah. and, like, like okay, walking. Bye. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just go, yeah, bye. Fuck you. I'll pick you up at the Y <laughs> in a couple hours. Um, all right. Well, let's get in. Let's get into the book. Uh, okay. So the, the the book, the, it's basically the Rocking Dad's uh, guy, Rocking Fatherhood, and uh, the guide to dads-to-be on how to stay cool. But, I, you know, I think as a woman who had to create a whole show like this because I felt very uncool as a mom <laughs> when I first had Katie Bell, I will say that I first when I first read the title, I was like, Dads just always get to be cool. Like, I yeah. definitely had yeah. a specific vision of what the word cool meant in yeah. this book. And I love being uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so have... glad, I'm so glad you came away with that. Because, like, yeah, the, that, that subtitle initially kind of made me throw up, too. But, yeah, the, the cool is in, like, keeping your cool rather than, like, hip. And so, like, when we say, like, you know, Dad to be his guide to... To staying cool, it's just like you know, just like keeping an even keel, if you will, and not, not, n- not this whole like, oh my God, I'm gonna have a baby, everything, everything's gonna change, and we're gonna have to get new friends, and we're gonna have to, you know, <laughs> we have to get rid of the, you know, the car and the blah blah blah, and just like, hey, you know, live, you guys, like, enjoy your lives, and you know, I, I you know, this baby is joining your life, not the other way around, and the baby's gonna want nothing more than to hang out with you and to do the things that you're doing, and um, this is awesome. Don't, like, spend the next nine months or 18 years, like, reading studies and for, or, for God's sake, books. Just, like, do, you know, do, you know, you know, buckle your child in to the to the seat, you know, use the seatbelt. You know, lay the baby down on his or her back, and uh, you know, consult regular regularly with your pediatrician. And then, otherwise, you know, you're off to the races. Go enjoy yourself and enjoy having the baby. Enjoy it. Can you believe it? Enjoy having the baby. Enjoy those first like weeks and months and years, and don't like overly burden yourself with stressing out about whether or not the things that you're doing or the milk that you're putting into there, or my, or or God forbid, the formula you're putting. In right. the bottle is you know going to ruin them for life because it's not. Well, it's, <laughs> that is actually there should legitimately just be like a five-page parenting book that just says chill, but well, you're okay. I want to turn yeah. what he just said yeah. into a ringtone. Yeah, I know. so that we can just be reminded of those few sentences just right. many, many times a day. Right. Well, like, but I, I do want to ask you this: there is because the idea of enjoying your baby. Is yeah. definitely not one that the world would like you to do, at least in the you United know, States. They'll tell you to enjoy they, it. No, there's an but, assumption yeah. that you're enjoying it yeah. while you're failing at so much of it yeah. that you're not doing it. Right. Yeah. But like I, I so I'm reading the book and it is it is exactly what you just said it was. It is it is actually a good book for new parents and parents to be. Uh, and it doesn't have all the fear and uh, the, like, you know, scarring you for life so you can't enjoy the baby. Uh, but a lot of it, st- at the same time, is just basically good information for parents on how to take care of a child. And there is, you know, for better or for worse, there's a lot of that out there in the parenting world, predominantly written by women. And I wonder, did you feel that there was just a tone that that was missing in in the world of, of sort of uh, parenting books uh, from a dad perspective? I kind of felt like 
I felt like there was. A, I felt like what, exactly what you're saying was missing. In, in in a way, but but sort of kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, I came away from you know after Thomas was born, thinking literally, I think everything I really needed to know before I brought the baby home could literally have been put on a three by five card, which like I get to in in the book. So I kind of felt like okay, I want to do something that's that kind of like proves that in a book, if you will, and it's just it's just like you know you're gonna be fine and. Here you go. Like you're going to be. Here's the few things you need to know, and hopefully a few things that make you realize that uh, that you can do it. And but but to your point about like so for men, it's like I don't know. I, I felt like there wasn't a book out there written for written for me. Like I didn't want to be pandered to. Yeah. And I just wanted to. I just wanted to kind of you know. I flatter myself here by just saying like I was just kind of hoping to like kind of write some fun things, some <laughs> you know whatever, some stories, and you know um, hopefully encourage and inform and be as little help as possible <laughs> while still being helpful. But you know hopefully trying to create something that was like fun to read and that you kind of came away from it thinking, oh yeah, I could actually this this isn't actually a big deal. Like I I I, I can be a dad and that I this is great. I'm going to focus on having fun here rather than focusing on you know some laundry list of of things I need to check off each week. Well, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, after life, life after kids. (laughs) And I guess there's like sort of two parts to this question, or maybe it sort of ties together. Uh, A lot of us uh, have dealt with major wrestling with our identities, uh, who we were before we had kids, and who we sort of are post kids. And I was talking to my husband a little bit about it last night before we did the call. And he was like, you know what? I'd love to know if he went through, especially as somebody who has been involved with music, journal, music journalism, uh, and the like is Stefan was, my husband was always like more on the cutting edge of knowing what is cool and new and now, and it, it was very much a part of who he is. And uh, and he said it used to be before kids. I always knew what was new, what was happening, what was you know culturally relevant. And he goes, now that I feel like I'm coming out of it, because our kids get to be you know three and seven, I suddenly have no idea where to begin. And it, it like it affects him on some level. And I I just like I don't think I related to that per se because I could listen to the find a new Jackson Brown album that came out in 1980 and feel like I scored. Oh, I found new music. Um, so I don't have a high bar in that. But I was wondering for you who had like a very rich sort of aware of everything going on life. How did you wrestle with that after kids or did you not? You may you may have just nailed it. I mean, I w- at first, you know, when we first had our child, for the first couple of years after that, I was still a, a, a music editor. And so, like, you know, my job for so long, you know, whether I was a music editor mm-hmm. or a music writer or, you know, a culture reporter or whatnot, was to keep up, particularly with new music and what was going on. And, you know, when Thomas was maybe, I think he was two years old, they, you know, I was fired. And so I didn't have, a, I didn't have this job anymore. So I really did. I really did jump off the hamster wheel. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I was, you know, I was music editor at Seattle Weekly. 
So it's like, you know, you know, you have to keep up, not just, you really got to know what's going on nationally, like, you know, every other music writer does, but you also got to know what's going on in Seattle. And it totally is a hamster wheel that I just decided I was going to jump off of and I wasn't going to burden myself with, with keeping up. And I was actually, I actually tell people now that I've been listening to music the way that um, infants and, and kids listen to music, which is that they don't care when it was released, they don't care who makes it, they only <laughs> care if they like it or not. So, like, definitely relating to your, you know, finding that album from 19, the Jackson Brown album from 1980. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't care if I'm supposed to be listening to this or not, like, I, or if I'm supposed to be listening to something else, I'm just like, I'm just going to do what I'm doing. And so, to that point, you know, I felt I felt really fine about jumping off the hamster wheel and not feeling like I really had to stay up t- up to date with everything. But I think it's important, though, to to remain a part of the the human race and <laughs> not like yeah. It's it's easy to kind of slip into the like I don't know what's going on. And actually, this friend of mine who's who's the pastor of our church was said, said to me the other day or a few weeks ago. He's like, oh hey, do you think what, do you have a lead on you know getting Adele tickets for this weekend? And I was like, oh. Adele's in town, like biggest pop star in the world, and I didn't realize. And that was where I was like, you know, maybe I've let it slip a little bit. Too much. Like, maybe I can re-engage a little bit here. And, um, but you, you know, I don't. I do think though that it's important. I mean, I don't know. This is sort of related, but like staying up to date as far as a person who still like goes out with your spouse and still is you know consuming. Um, it, you know what's going on in the world and outside of your life. I just think is a is is part of staying healthy. But the things that I keep up on are less um, like pop cultural centric and a bit more uh, politics news centric stuff that my you know my wife Betsy and I are, are talking about and, and more engaged with. Yeah, no, I think it, that plays so well into the whole. You come out of those first years where you really, it is kind of a culture shock, you know, of, of, mm-hmm. of your focus is so shifted for a while. And I, I think it's, I think it's, I, I really like the idea of, am I enjoying it? Like, what am I doing it for? Cause again, you know, you're yeah. probably doing it horribly wrong as a parent, according to everybody in the world. And now you're doing it wrong in terms of keeping up with what's important to keep up with. Right. And so it's, I think there's a very Zen sort of uh, tie in between, you know what, I'm going to, find the things that I enjoy and I'm going to be really satisfied with that. Just like I am with whatever I'm doing as a parent and trying to figure out with my kids, which I think ties a little bit into like what Teresa and I were talking about at the top of the show, which was, you know, the things that we find ourselves suddenly doing for our kids that we would not have found ourselves doing like either major building projects. That is completely the last thing, for example, that Teresa would want to do or, you know, I, I have zero interest in letting my daughter join Girl Scouts <laughs> because I did, you know, like, and not for any, like, political reason. I just don't have the time to help her with that, right? Like, but but, but there are other things that I would totally find myself doing that I might not have done. Um, I don't know. Have you, do you want to add? I do you think have, that's, yeah. totally. Well, I just think it's like a total, like, like somebody I talked to was telling me, he's like, you know, when you have a kid, you just kind of shed the things that are unimportant, and you don't have because you don't have as much time anymore, and you just kind of do a, like like it's not that it has to change everything. You right. have to 
stop doing the things that are like important for you, but you just kind of shed the rest of it. So like his point to me was, he's like, look, so he was like, he, he works at Third Man Records in Nashville. And he's like, look, I was getting sick of going to so many local shows. So mm. I was like, I'm just not going to go to as many anymore. It's not a big deal. And he's like, his point to me was re- what I thought was really valid. He said, hey, look, if that's your job, if that's what you really want to do, if that's what's important to you, is that you keep up on knowing what the local bands are and the local DJs are doing, then prioritize that and do that. And and shed some other things, but make that a priority for yourself. But if it's not, then don't feel bad that it's not some, something you're not doing anymore. But you can keep doing the things that you want to do. If I really wanted to play golf once a week, <laughs> I could still do that. I right. could find the three hours to do that, but I'd have to make it a priority, and I might have to get up at 5 in the morning to go do it. But yeah. I could still do it. Yeah, no, as that is a beautiful takeaway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. The book, really, here's the thing I was telling Teresa before the show. I was like, this is a book that is suitable to give, not just dads. Like, this is totally a book I would have appreciated while pregnant as well. Because, again, it it just takes out so many of these elements of, like, panic and fear. And I also, like, as an expectant mother, some of the insights that I might gain about my partner. By, by reading this and uh, I don't know I just really thought it was a, a great book and we're going to link everybody up to it uh, and encourage you guys to go check it out uh, thank you so much for joining us thanks so much for having me you guys have a great week you too you too bye 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 brainwaves send a message pick up the Podcasts about bad movies. Rated R. May we recommend The Flophouse. Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it right now or whenever. Rated R. To purchase tickets to The Flophouse, you don't need to do that. Just download it. The Flophouse, rated R for nudity, I guess. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com, because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours. I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah. God. That yeah. guy is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, no, he's great. Legitimately. We should have him on sometime. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, like, did, I like, feel like there were a lot of good reminders there and just like a big deep breath. Uh-huh. And just like, we're going to be okay, you guys. Yeah. We're and be I, get, okay. I really do think there's a, like, the idea of keeping calm and keeping cool yeah. is, is such an amazing thing that I take, yeah. that I don't do. Yeah. That I just don't do. And there's no reason. To not be doing it. And I also really, I really liked the, one of the last things we talked about with him about you shedding the things that aren't important. It's not you're getting rid of the things that have value to you. Right. It is shedding the stuff that really 
doesn't? Mm-hmm. Do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Is this really important? And uh, that doesn't mean shedding all the things that your children want to do. Right. <laughs> but it's about finding that balance. And again, the title of the book is Rocking Fatherhood, The Dad-to-Be's Guide to Staying Cool. It's There it is. Yeah, there it is. It's totally awesome. You know what's also totally awesome is hearing a mom have a breakdown. Guys, August was a rough month for you guys. Mm-hmm. I have 122 calls oh. for the month of August. And what started out as the first 10 calls being rants wow. has doubled. And I'm okay. only like a little bit, I'm maybe 30 calls in. Wow. <laughs> and like two-thirds of them have been, this is a rant. August, bad. August, bad, apparently. Um, anyway, let's listen to have let's listen to one of those special August calls. Hi, I'm calling with a rant. Yesterday, my about to be four year old daughter and I got into a huge goal at bedtime because you know that's what bedtime's about, and we're getting worse and worse. And everyone's been telling me, oh, she'll turn four soon, and she'll it'll be great, and and her personality will totally change, and she won't be so combative and want to argue all the time, and she'll listen more and. So I went to bed really upset because I hate when the night ends like that. And then this morning, it's my day to keep her home with me. So I wanted to make it really nice. And we went to the gym together because she loves doing that. And then it was beautiful out. So we went and we had a great couple of hours at the pool. She asked if we could have a picnic in my bedroom floor when we came home for lunch before her nap. I said yes. And so we just did all that. And then I warned her it was about to be nap time. And she wanted to keep building some fort with my pillows, and I told her, we can definitely do that after nap time's over, and she just completely had a breakdown. She wouldn't listen to anything. It went on for about an hour, screaming, kicking, flailing, chasing me around the house, and telling me that I ruined her favorite day. And it just breaks my heart because it's always my favorite day, and she's home with me, and it's just ending up in tears more often than not lately, and I just want her to... So upsetting. And yeah. I totally get what she is saying. I'm so surprised at how much hearing this a second time has caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Because we get really isolated in our house, houses and we think that uh, when our kids get like super extreme on us, mm-hmm. like, and look, you know what? Any tantrum is extreme. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I realize I just don't fucking nap Ellis. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I know. I, I don't, skipped the nap too. I just am well, not going to. started skipping the nap yeah. with Simon. It wasn't worth it. It yeah. wasn't worth it. Yeah. Because of the pure fear. Yeah. Of, of like the exhaustion. It's just the pain. It's painful yeah. and it's so exhausting. I have another friend whose son does this before bedtime mm-hmm. and he's like seven, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's yeah. intense. Yeah. Like, it is. I want to go in and rescue her and tense when I hear about it. And you know what? Like, and, and then kids have no idea about what they're saying. And this whole, like Mm -hmm. to have them say something like you're ruining my favorite day is like getting kicked in the urethra. Yeah, It is is (laughs) like so 
salt in the wound. Yeah. And I, I, I am so sorry. And here's the thing is you were having an amazing day. Like yeah. you are doing such. You didn't actually ruin anything. You that did That day it. still happened. Yeah. Like that, nothing took took away from that day. That's right. She's just cranky because she needs a nap and she doesn't want to take one. <laughs> right. It's not, And so she's saying stuff like that. Yeah. Like, but the, the day was amazing. You did such a good job. You did job. such a good job. And the other thing that she says, which is just like a punch in the gut, is yeah. the like, I want her to stay my baby. And uh, at the same time, yeah. I want her to get older so maybe we'll have more fun. And I've been there too. That like, what's around the corner? Are we going to ever get to this place where there's never... A problem, right? Which I've yet to find. Right, they just morph, but that is like a real thing, and it doesn't help when people are like, <laughs> "Change their personality changes change at three. So I, I remember a woman telling me that in the grocery store because she was I like know. there with her son, and I was like, "How are you here with your child at the grocery store?" Uh huh. I really was just like, "Yeah, I don't understand how, how you're." And yeah. He's just like standing here next to you. Yeah. The woman's like, "Oh, he just turned like four. And it was. Yeah. It was that like he just turned four. Yeah. And it's totally different ball game now. Yeah. And I remember just being like, oh, T minus two yeah. weeks to four, one week to four. And then yeah. nothing. No. Nothing. No. Changed. Was, four, There's nothing magic. Five now, but four. No. No. Was, yeah, it was different than three, but I'll be there's like, no. 34 is going to be great, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And it's exhausting. Yeah. And it is hurtful, and it does make you feel bad, and you are amazing. Yeah, you're doing a really good job. God, you're doing such a good job. Yeah, and you know what? This might be a weird thing to say. Your kid is also doing a good job. Yeah. She's probably actually just doing all the shit that she's supposed to be doing right right now. She's working out a lot of shit. Yeah. She is. And it is not always going to be this way. And it totally sucks. <laughs> it does. But like, you know, she, you guys are enjoying different things that you're doing together throughout the day, you know? And there's just, there, these are bumps in the road that she's, she's doing them because she's developing. That's you, like. Well, you know what? And I, in terms of like the whole day as a picture. Yeah. Maybe that's what has to stop. And yeah. like, you know, because I don't ever There's think about the day whole, anymore. No. I think about like never. Ellis and I had such a good time at my gym. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> that's yeah. it. The or, rest even, of the day. or even most of the time yeah. at my gym went well. Right. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, I tr- only focus when yeah. I report back to Stefan yeah. about like the day. Yeah. It's a select few things because I know from dinner yeah. until he actually goes to sleep, it's a shit show yeah, in the there's house. There's a lot of hard things that are going to happen yeah. every day. Yeah. No yeah. matter what. It can still so be a great day. Don't look at the whole day. <laughs> Fuck the whole day. Little windows of the day. You're doing an amazing job. Yeah, you're awesome. Uh, what did we learn today, Teresa? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we learned that there's nothing wrong with doing stuff that we may not like be really into. Uh-huh. Making some, whether it be emotional or time allotment sacrifices Mm -hmm. or just getting out of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. uh, for our kids, that that is okay. That just like them trying new things is a normal part of being a kid. Us pushing our boundaries Mm -hmm. is a normal thing about being a parent. And just as our kids will learn if they like something or not, 
we will learn. And we and maybe we'll figure out other ways to approach these things later. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's somebody else who's better at it than you that can take over that particular sure. thing. <laughs> but, you know, in all honesty, I just think this is one of those sort of like learning moments as a parent. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, putting yourself second. Uh, that's not what this has to be no. or has to be about. Yeah. Um, it's not all or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we have choices all along the way. These yeah. are all little choices. It's not like, well, I have to. I'm going to have to do have this. have to do this. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so good job, everybody. Good job, Teresa, for making a pinata. I look oh, forward thanks, to seeing your pinata. Uh, great. And then busting, watching you bust the shit out of that hall, all that hard work. <laughs> I know. Bam, That's bam. the worst part of this whole thing. I'm going to want to, like, set it in glass and, like. I know. Well, then Simon will break the, the glass. One, to... The one craft I ever made. <laughs> You're going to be great at it. Pretty soon, look for the upcoming pinata Etsy shop yeah. by Teresa. Right. <laughs> I'll make one a year. <laughs> they cost $10 million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else did we learn? We learned that the dads are great parents. Yep. That's not something new to learn on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we did learn that... We actually can keep our calm and our cool uh, in terms of parenting. It's actually, we're actually all probably pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. We're getting really good at it. And we're getting really good at it. Um, And not to let the world tell you you're doing a shit job. Uh, And that, you know, basically pay attention to your kid and enjoy your family. Yes. Great takeaways from Chris today. Enjoy your family. (laughs) I really like that so much. and we learned that parenting is incredibly hard. It really is. We learned that day after day. Day after day. <laughs> we don't need rants or fails or geniuses or the show to remind us of that. No. We can just wake up in the morning, get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Guys. Keep it up, you guys. Really? It's, you're doing it. You are Doing it's it? It's so hard. <laughs> it really is so hard, guys. <laughs> and you're amazing. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a great job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you are listening. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.